What makes a person of interest? Coach Michael Burke cuts to the chase, interviewing some of the biggest names in the world. How do they think? What makes them tick? What are their thought processes? And how they became a person of interest. I'm Coach Michael Burke, the Super Coach. I'm in Cincinnati, Ohio today, and about to coach some folks up here over the next three hours on how they can get an increase in their performance. And I'm excited because I was telling these folks that were here that, hey, I got to go do a Zoom with Dr. Kevin Elko. And um, I choose people that to do retreats with that I personally want to learn something from, that I have watched and studied, that have done uh, remarkable things. They've lived remarkable lives. They've, they've accomplished remarkable things. They've helped other people achieve uh, big things. They are truly people of interest. So I wanted to bring Dr. Elko in today because we got this big retreat next Thursday and Friday at my lodge in Tennessee, and it's gaining some, some serious momentum. People are getting excited about it. We're going to spend uh, a day and a half there focused on performance, how to perform at a much higher level. Uh, so I wanted to interview Dr. Elko. Dr. Elko, where are you at today, big guy? I am right down here in Little Rock, Arkansas, right outside of the Clinton Library. Oh, nice. Yes. I saw a video on Instagram. I, that's a place I've always wanted to visit, by the way. I love it. I, I love these presidential libraries, and his is one of the better ones. Reagan's is excellent, too, but I love coming to them. Absolutely. I, and I don't know how you couldn't be inspired when you when you get around big things. And one of the things I talk about, I just want to start with you, is I use a word called pray drive uh, quite a bit. Uh, you know, pray drive is uh, very prevalent in animals, specifically dogs, that uh, the ability to see something optically and go get it. And I've always thought that a good coach should be able to activate the prey drive in another person. What's your what's your strategy on if you saw potential in me? And you said, man, this this kid's got a lot of potential. He's got the talent. He's got the skill, but he's lacking that killer instinct. Where do you go to work on a person like that? Because I do come across a lot of people that have the skill. Maybe they have the talent, but they don't have the prey drive. What's your strategy on that? USA Hockey was picked to win a gold medal in the Olympics in Japan. I used to work for the Pittsburgh Penguins. They did not. The Czech Republic did. Captain was a guy named Yalmir Yager. Where's number 68 when he plays? Because 1968 was the year of the Russian occupation of Czechoslovakia. They beat everybody. They beat Ken mm-hmm. the gold medal game. Game before Russia. Referee walked in and said, ice time. Guy stood up and said, wait my whole life for today. I dedicate this to my grandfather and anyone who lost their life during the occupation. Mm. Coach, you got to find your 68. Yes. You find, I, I thought it was amazing. One of the best, greatest sporting events we have going to be this decade is going to be Tagger, what he just did. What he, mm. what he just did in one of the Masters. He got up at 2 a.m. I don't know if a lot of people know this. He got up at 2 a.m. and golfed on another course before he went over to Augusta because he wanted to get used to the rain. Yes. He, he prepared six months for that for that. Um, for that outing. When they asked him why he'd do it in a press conference, did you hear why he said he did it? No, sir. For his children. He yes. wanted his kids to see something of beauty because they seen so much that was painful. He wants kids to see something good. Listen, coach, you got to find your 68. Yes. You got to yes. find one. You got to no. find it. And you got to keep on exploring, praying, hanging until you find this is what drives me. Yes. And you know, the great ones all have something to prove. Caleb, 80 years old, give me a mountain to climb. Mm-hmm. G- give me a mountain to climb. I want to climb a mountain. Yes. You know, um, we all, my grandmother, who basically every time I misbehaved, I had to go see, I spent my youth with her. So she had cancer. Mm-hmm. My, and my dad was a Marine. She had seven days to live. She had a real rare form of cancer. And I go down to see her and I go, um, what are you doing? She's playing piano, fourth grade education, playing piano. She's, she's playing piano, singing. I go, what are you doing? She goes, singing. 
I said, Dad, so you're going to die. She told him that. I said, the doctor says they're not going to go and I'm ready. She lived four and a half years. I go, why? She goes, got to pray for my kids. You got to find that. Yes. You find yeah. that. Without yeah. it, you're going to be average. With it, and you got to find what it is. I want to do for my kids. I want to be a model. I want to make a difference. I want to be a blessing to others. You got to find it and keep set your mind. Keep it set. So here's the question. What's your 68? Yes. Now, when you're when you're thinking about these, because what I see as a former, you know, women's basketball coach is that when I went back and looked at the number of hours I spent with my players uh, over a four year cycle, you know, one of the things we did is every player learned the seven habits of highly effective people when they played for me. They learned the principles of good to great, the five dysfunctions of teams, the five disciplines of a learning organization. That was part of how we coached and trained to build what I call a competitive intelligence. We had higher chemistry levels, more intangibles. That was the way we were able to beat more talented teams because of, of how well our unit functioned together, because of these external things, these other things that we did. Now, why, why as people grow up, they, they graduate, you know, um, they move on, they don't have a coach in their life. For some reason, they've been lulled into believing they don't need a person in their life who will have conversations with them they don't want to have or make them do things they don't want to do. When you think about performance of business people, no different than what you're doing with sports world. Why does that tra- no, does not translate over to the business world as much as we see it in sports? Because in sports, it's ongoing, consistent repetition. It is constant growth. It's constant recalibration. When I started coaching business folks, they don't re- recalibrate fast enough. They don't change strategy if it's not working. They don't think they need a coach sometimes. Uh, some, some of them don't. Why do you think there's so much slippage over to the business world? Two pains, pain of discipline, pain of regret. People would rather just be comfortable, and you got to get comfortable being uncomfortable. Coach, it doesn't matter what you want. It doesn't matter what I want. Everybody wants. What are you willing to give up to get it? And so really what it comes down to is I'm not sure I want to give up to get it, but you're really not growing. It's not really so much what you're achieving is who you're becoming. And so I think that it comes down to, you know, um, there's two pains, pain of discipline, pain of regret. And to become something, to get something, you have to stay on the track of discipline. You can't be constantly um, constantly paying attention to stuff, doesn't matter. Keep the main thing the main thing. You got to stay on your process even when rewards aren't there. You know, put down your cell phone, work on your business, keep your attention span on what you're doing. But the big thing, and this is what you're doing, this is why I'm going to champion this retreat right here. I'm going to champion Coach Burt right here. See that bad boy right there? I got 27 of those. Yes. You know why? Diamonds are girl's best friend. Us fellas like them too. It comes down to one thing, ready? Accountability, ownership. And what we need is we need people around us. So when I go into teams, I'm like, I'm going to pull back the curtain here and let you know about Alabama. We put them in units. And inside the unit, they answer to each other. And nice. we need to answer to each other. We need somebody to keep us because, because really the stuff we're talking about, we pay attention to stuff that doesn't matter. Yep. And all the stuff we're talking about is a hunger issue. What does a hunger issue mean? 48 to 72 hours, it all fades. It all fades because attitude is a muscle. And so I've got to keep working it out or it fades. We don't want to keep working out. We don't want to get there, but there's a price. And so here's the price. I've got to get people to keep me accountable. So like in football, your offensive line your unit. You keep each other from self-pity, being offended, being comfortable, and not being coachable. We need people that we answer to. Yes. Now, listen to this part about this retreat. Every single blessing has a burden. Mm. We don't want the burden. I got a healthy body. 
I run through my neighborhood. This guy says, hey, you look healthy. You lost a lot of weight. Yeah, I lost a lot of weight. He goes, I like to have a body like that, but I don't want to give up drinking. I go, I'm not trying to give up drinking, but every blessing has a burden. And, yeah. and we don't want to take the burden. We want entitlement. Biggest problem we got in this country, men want babies. Well, they want to make the babies. They don't want the burden of being a father. Right. Winning has a burden. Yes. yes. Own it. And get with people that's going to make you own the burden. That's what right. this retreat's about. Absolutely. That's what you and I are doing down in, down in Nashville. Right. Now, you've spent your life. Now, when you when you look back, for the for the folks that are just because uh, a lot of people do know who you are. A lot of people are, are, are getting turned on to who you are. Talk to them a little bit about what your journey has been. How do you start it out? And then how you ended up where you are today doing what you're doing today? I went to California University of Pennsylvania. That was the only place I could have went. I worked in a grocery store, put myself through school. I was a biology major and a football coach. Walking through, the, walking through the library one day, I see a book, The Psychology Sport. I picked it up. I started reading it. Six hours later, I'm still reading it. Mm. Come home. My mother was a bell telephone operator. She worked all night. My dad worked on the railroad. He'd go three or four days at a time. My two sisters were out with their boyfriends. My dad's eating with me. I go, I go I'm going to be a sports psychologist for the Pittsburgh Steelers, the Dallas Cowboys, only three TV stations back then, United States Olympic Committee. Yes. My dad goes, what's a sports psychologist? I says, I'm not sure. He goes, just eat, boy. I go to West Virginia University. That's where he hit his twang. Yes. Presenting a paper. Three people in my room walk out. One guy's the president of the United States Olympic Committee. Called me. I go to work for the Olympic Committee. Nice. Then I go to the International Olympic Committee. I'm in Greece. A guy I coach high school football with now becomes the president of the Pittsburgh Steelers. He calls me, says, come on back and help me develop a test to screen athletes. For 20 years, we had the smallest budget with a second-best team. Right. So I'm now with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Mm-hmm. Now we play the Dallas Cowboys in the Super Bowl. Our, our quarterback, New O'Donnell, he was the MVP of the game. For the Cowboys, he threw three interceptions for them. They won the game. Jerry mm-hmm. Jones calls the Steelers, says, hey, I got a lot, lot more money going than you guys in this thing, but you're about as good as us. What's going on? I said, Kevin Elko. So I end up there. Mm-hmm. And so my dad, before he passed away, reminded me of that. You get a vision, you speak it, you do it boldly, forces show up to help get you there. That's how my life been. And since then, all I do, coach, is I got one simple affirmation I say to me, self-talk. I'm not looking for blessing to come into my life. I'm looking to be a blessing in somebody's life. And this one, I live in vision. I don't live in circumstances. And I believe you speak things into existence. Neurons that fire together, wire together. I've wired my brain for those two things, vision and blessings. Let me go bless somebody. And so that's how it kind of came about. Since then, I've been with the University of Alabama and Nick Saban. Here's a typical day with him. I'll go, Coach, what do you want me to say to the team? He's not always pleasant. Yeah. Here's like get back. How in the blank do I know? If I knew what the blank to say, I would have said it. <laughs> Roll Tide. <laughs> so I've been, I've been with Nick Saban with his success. I spoke to Packers when they, when they, of course, won it. I was a Jimbo Fisher at Florida State. I've been with, you know, I was down there with Les when he won, when he won initially at LSU. I left, of course, when Nick came there. So I've been doing a lot of that sort of thing, working with teams, getting them fired up, getting them ready to go. This year with the Eagles, went in and we taught this whole culture of ownership. So my right. deal is simple. It's about how do I get a culture and how do I get the language to speak it into existence? Everything comes down to language, and that's what it's about. All right, so let's talk, let's, talk, let's talk about that one for a second because I think people that want to come to this, you know, I was in a culture that, that I was in a place coaching that hadn't won in 30 years, was, was very mediocre average for 30 years. It took me – 10 years to rebuild that 
uh, culture into a national powerhouse that then won seven of the next nine championships in Tennessee. And, and so at 80 hours a week, every week I tell people I used to work, uh, you used to get up and go to church on Sunday morning. I go straight to my office and work, you know, from 11 to 10 on Sunday for, for 10 years, building this culture, building this expectation, building this greatness factory. So when you come into this, because I think people, a lot of people that want to come to this are, are, are trying to build a culture. They're businessmen, they're businesswomen, they got teams of people. And I've been telling people, look, if you're trying to build a culture, nobody's better than Dr. Elko and, and giving you the tools you need to go build a winning culture. When you come into a culture that's not been producing and, and the job is to turn it around, what, what are some of the common things that you typically go to work on? You have to decide what you want to be. You have to start with, you have to decide. That's where, where it has to go. I have to decide on who and what I could be. And then you have to have faith. You have to have faith. I'm here in Little Rock, Arkansas. There's a school here called Pulaski Academy. You ever hear Pulaski Academy? No, sir. They won more championships than anybody. Wow. They don't punt the ball. No punter. Never had a punter. Don't believe in it. And so do you understand what kind of message that sends? We have faith. Fourth and 40. We're going for it, baby. So we have faith. you got to come and start with faith. Faith. I believe this by the evidence. I watched the evidence change. you got to start with faith. I believe something could happen here. There's somebody, if you come to our seminar, there's going to be some of that seminar is going to be unintelligent enough to think that anything in the world can happen. And those are ones that do. So, you know, you've got to start with that kind of thing. i got to come with faith. And i got to come with, here's who I want to be. Yeah. And then we go over the next 90 days, here's who I want to be. Then you have to put the language into place. Listen to this phrase, neurons that fire together, wire together. Our brains are putty. Yes. And so you have to wire your brain. People aren't miserable because of something their mama did 25 years ago. They're miserable because of decisions they made yesterday. So right. you want to start wiring your brain and you do it language. See right. a little, see a lot. See a lot, see nothing. So what, now what? You speak those things not as if they are, and you start speaking it until you change your brain and change the whole culture to place. And we're connected. I yes. work with Louisville baseball. Terrible outing last night. Their mm-hmm. bullpen started to have a bad game against Nashville. They're number four in the country. Vanderbilt's two. So one guy walks somebody on four pitches, bringing the next pitcher. He walks in, he walks four on four pitches, bringing the next pitcher. He does the same. We're connected, coach. And so what you have to do is we're connected with our thought. We're connected with how we, how we have our identity. So someone got to come and say, here's our identity, one of faith, one of boldness. And I'll talk about how we did it with the Eagles when they come. I don't want to give all the secrets here. They got to come to Nashville to get the secrets, baby. <laughs> I want to talk about how we did it with the Eagles. We started with an ownership whole idea of ownership culture. And then we came out with a phrase, best year of your life, year you take ownership of every problem of your life. So it starts with culture, decide who you want to be, infuse some faith in that bad boy, and then speak the language and answer the language. That's how you win. Now, let's talk about confidence for a second, because um, I wrote a book on confidence, and I, and I, I wrote on a napkin once as a high school coach, confidence is the one thing that affects everything. Confidence is the one thing that affects everything. It's either your greatest asset or it's your greatest liability. And I remember Lou Holtz saying once, what takes years to build up can take seconds to tear down. And, and I suspect that in your line of work, you, uh, you, you, I know you're big on self-talk. I know you're big on how you talk to yourself when it's not going well, right? Talk right. a little bit about, about if, if I want to protect my confidence or if I want to get my confidence back if I've lost it, for whatever reason, personal issue. Uh, I know when I did the retreat with Tim Grover, who was Jordan's coach and Kobe Bryant's coach, I asked him this question, uh, Mr. Grover, did, did Jordan lose his confidence? And he said, no, he never lost his confidence. What he did lose is he lost his focus, is he got distracted. 
is all the top athletes he coached got distracted off what they were supposed to be doing, whether it be a gambling problem off the court. Kobe Bryant went through a accusal rate when he was playing for the Lakers. You understand what I'm saying? He said, no, what they did is they took their eye off what they were supposed to be doing, and that's really where, they, where, where their confidence took a hit. So what, what's your thoughts on a person that's going to come to this thing? They're going to walk out of there with a lot of confidence. I want them walking out of there knowing how to build, maintain, and protect their confidence. What's your thoughts about confidence when it comes to this? I probably dress a little bit different um, than what Tim did. Here's my thoughts: yep. feelings, there's choices. Yes. When you lose your confidence. Quit. Listen, coach. Quit paying attention to your feelings. Yep. I feel like quitting. I feel like I'm weak. I feel like I'm no good. All greatness starts with this. I've decided. Yes. I've decided. They were Jimmy. Asked Jimmy Carter once, "When do you think you'd be president of the United States?" He said, "I never did." So I met a couple of those guys. If that guy can be president, I think I got this. And I think that people get paid attention to how they feel. Yes. I feel like quitting. I feel like stopping. I feel, I feel, I feel. Greatness, confidence, all that. For that matter, forgiveness and joy. It's a choice. And neurons are fired together, wired together. You've got to quit paying attention to how you feel. Yes. And confidence and faith is a choice. Now, do the work. Here's a, here's a phrase I use. Don't practice you do right. Practice you can't do it wrong. you got to get legitimate faith. Know that you can do your job. I... I, I'm a speaker because yes. I study speaking right. I, well, tonight when I'll be here, I'll watch speakers. I'll take notes. Yes. I do it while I played the game, yes. you know, and that's my area. That's the gift God gave me. It's my job to bring it out. But the problem we've got with insecurity is we follow our feelings. Mm. Your feelings are wake you a mucky mess. Do the right thing. Make the right choices. Your feelings will catch up with you. But we let our feelings run us down a road. It destroys our marriages. It destroys our careers. It destroys our confidence. It's a choice. And get your head used to choices. Right. And everything you do is a choice. I want peace. I choose it. It's not a feeling. And you got to want it bad. Yes. That, that's what I think. I understand what he's saying. I say a little bit different. You're following your feelings. It's a yeah. choice. Yeah. Faith is a choice. Confidence is a choice. I'm going to choose again today. So uh, after this retreat's over, so what we've got is we've got a Thursday night VIP uh, package that includes dinner with uh, you and I. We'll give a little bit of an overview on Thursday night for those VIP people that are coming in. And I think that's what a lot of people are interested in. They're interested in intimacy. They're interested in not just seeing a person speak, but actually being able to ask them questions and go back and forth. Then on Friday, we've got a full day of coaching uh, in the morning and in the afternoon with the lunch in there. So let's, let's go to the end of this retreat. Tell people what they can anticipate that they're going to walk away with, the tangible things they're going to walk away with when they leave that will, that you feel like will increase their performance. Because this is called Performance Camp, and I think we're taking these people to a place and we're going to really buckle down for a day and a half on how we can help them. What are they going to walk away with? Decide on your identity, first of all. Then you're going to develop language that you're going to speak to you nonstop on purpose. It's going to change your brain. So you're going to come out of here with things you're going to say and constantly talk to yourself and do it ahead of time. Decide on where you want to go they would have a language and from what they're going to do is they're going to learn to speak themselves constantly within that language. They're going to have to come together and say, here is my picture. Here's my process. I'm going to teach something I think is very important. The difference between encouragement and praise. If you watch the 40 minute um, press conference Taggart did on Fox, it's on YouTube, you'll hear how he encouraged himself the whole time and talked to himself. Tagger, keep plodding along. Taggart, there's a lot of golf to go. I'm going to teach them this phrase. I said to myself to literally have a conversation with themselves to take them to the next level. And to keep speaking until neurons are fired together, wired together, they can get that in their head constantly. We're going to go into the whole idea of what is their 68, what inspires them, and zone, get their head quiet. 
I think one of the big things is learn how to keep the main thing the main thing and learn how what not to pay attention to. That's what they're going to get when they come in here from the segment we're going to bring. Yeah, this is going to be, listen, I'm as excited about doing this as any, any retreat, any event I've ever done. I'm a big advocate for Dr. Elko, big fan of his. I, uh, several years ago, saw him speak in Nashville and have followed his work since then. And so, man, I'm, I'm excited about you coming to Nashville. I'm excited to learn from you. I know our people's going to be excited to learn from you. This is going to be the first of many things that he and I do together. We're going to take this thing on the road to Alabama. We may take it all over the country uh, because you get two coaches that, that have spent really their life. I know, I know I've spent 27 years of my life coaching people uh, from the time I was 15 years old. That's all I've been doing. So, so I feel I'm a big believer in mastery, long obedience in the same direction. You know, Eugene Peterson wrote the Christian book, long obedience in the same direction. And I think, I think the people that are going to come to this are definitely going to get their money's worth and they're going to walk out of there with something incredibly valuable. So if you hadn't got your tickets yet, guys, we got just a few spots left. We got limited VIP. We got day passes that you can come and participate, bring your team. If you're interested, bring your team, your coaches, anybody that you, that is serious about performing at a very high level. Um, I told somebody the other day, hey, dudes like Elko don't come to Murfreesboro. <laughs> I said, they don't come to Murfreesboro, Tennessee, okay? So when you get a chance to see him, you need to come see him, okay? So, Dr. Elko, have a great time in Arkansas. Thank you for being being who you are. Man, I look forward, I look forward to working with you at Performance Camp. Thank you, Coach. Love you. Can't wait to do it myself. Absolutely. All right, big guy. Thank you.